The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I'm delighted. I've been la-di-da-din. Not a lot of thoughts when I ponder from the top. Man, these boys, they be potting. I trust them like a lot. And they told me that I get it. Guess what? I got it. You should do it too. You will never lose. If you ever do, must have been a ruse. Ricky, that's my dude. Stoops are super cool. Sharks up in the pool. I've been sparking up my tools. I've been looking to win. Spend a little again. I've been first fiddled it in. My God, I riddled again. I told them stop clowning around. They said what goes up comes down. I said I'm down with the sickness. My team stay ill now. Come get this. I'm just so David in life. I stay ready tonight. Deep dive, we rise. That's the medley, alright. De- David delight. De- David delight. Da 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 David delight. Hey. Welcome to another episode of the Debbie Delight brought to you by the Drive-In Podcast Network. I am your host, Ricky Valero. On today's episode, we're going to continue on with our Plant Our Flag episodes where we take a guy that is outside of our top five and we can see them skyrocket into our top five by the season's end. As always, I am joined by my partner here, Stoops. How are you today, bud? I, I'm doing great. Uh, this one, I'm, 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 I'm pretty excited to, to talk about. It's a guy that I was already a fan of, but... Kind of, kind of like what you said on last week's episode. The the more you dove into the guy, the more you became a fan of kind of thing. So I was already a fan of him, but excited to to talk a little bit on him and 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 you know go from there with it. Yeah, the running back position we've talked about this is very interesting outside of that top kind of like with the quarterback position as well. Like there's that top tier. And once it kind of falls off, it's like, what do we go from here? And and I can be the same way. I say, I say the same exact thing that you just said about my guy that I'm going to talk about this week. I was like, man, this guy is way too low on my rankings. Why? And I think why is because I really hadn't done a deep dive on that guy yet, right? You know what I mean? You, you look at the numbers on the surface and you're like, man, that's impressive. But once you start diving deep in some of these guys' numbers, it's like, all right, cool. And then you watch, start watching some of the tape. And, and you know what? With this week, I let you kick off last week. I'm going to kick it off this week. I'm going to talk about Mr. Mo Ibrahim. All right. I, I had him a little bit lower. I had saw the hype around him all over everywhere. And I was like, you know what? He's probably really good. I don't know that much information about him. So I put him in my rankings. I had him in there. You know, I saw the stats on the surface, but there's a lot more, a lot more whenever you dig deep into him. Now, there is some issues with him, but we'll talk about those in a few minutes. Obviously, he's 5'10", 210 pounds three-star prospect. He is a three-year starter already, so he's going into his fourth season as a full-time starter. 
Uh, after watching his tape, this guy's going to he's it's crazy. I think all four guys that I talk about in this plan our flag series are all going to be sneaking up my rankings a little bit after watching after diving a little bit more deep into the tape. But for his career, he's got 507 attempts, 2840 yards, 5.5 yards per carry, 31 touchdowns. The one thing I don't like in the full three seasons, he's only got 15 catches for 95 yards. Now, that to me is one thing that is alarming when looking at his stats. He is not the best of pass catchers. And I would assume if somebody uh, kind of advised him on what to do this past draft class, they probably said to him, hey, man, like this is what your grade is. If you improve your pass catching, you might come back and be a higher rated prospect and might go higher in the draft. And I think that's very well the case with him. In, um, in 2020, 202 carries, 1,079 yards, 16 Russian touchdowns. He averaged 5.3 yards per carry. A few fun stats that I broke down whenever I was diving really deep into him. Um, he had 37 missed or broken tackles. Very impressive number there. I think it ranked at the top tier of his class. Um, he had 30 or more of his carries. So 30 out of his 202 carries went for 10 plus yards. 17 of those 30 went for 15 plus yards. And then his breakaway percentage was around 38 and a half. Um, he had 673 yards after contact, after contact. Okay. So he had 1,079 yards. Even if we put on 60% of his yards, came after contact that's impressive folks that is an impressive number that means he's not just coming down at the first hit okay like i was looking at some of the numbers there was guys in the in, in the 15 to 30 percentile of that to have your number at 60 percent is is insanely impressive okay dominator rating right around 40.6 percent last year huge number huge number okay now let me break down some of these games for you guys all right he had 100 yards in all seven games last year. Two games, he had over 200 yards. And those two games where he had over 200, he had four rushing touchdowns in each of those games. All right. Now, this is one of the craziest stats I think I've, I've come across in, in covering these guys for the last three years on this show. He had 15 rushing touchdowns last year. Okay. 15. 13 of those came from goal line scenarios. Now, what's crazy is, is when you break that down even further, he had rushing touchdowns. Okay, now listen to this. Okay. He had a one-yard rushing touchdown, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight times. Hit eight one-yard rushing touchdowns. Eight one-yard rushing touchdowns. Okay. And then, of course, he had two, uh, two-yard, a four-yard, and two five-yards. Okay. So he had 13 rushing touchdowns inside the red zone. Eight of those came from the one-yard line. So this guy can get the job done inside the five-yard line better than just about anybody else in this class. It's quite impressive to even fathom, right? You know what I mean? I've never seen it. You know, I, obviously you've seen guys get touchdowns, a lot of them. He had 15 of them, et cetera. But to see that he had that many. In the game against Maryland, he had three one-yard touchdown runs. And then, of course, he had a two-yard touchdown run in the same exact game. So all four of his touchdowns in that game came from two yards or less. I, it just – it kind of blows my – it kind of reminded me of, of the fact that he's the bell cow on this team, right? He is the bell cow, and it reminds you of Michael Carter and Javante Williams, except for 
you know, Ibrahim gets him down to the goal line and they let Ibrahim score the touchdown, right? They let Mo get, you know, they let Mo bring it down the field and score the touchdown instead of uh, North Carolina where they let Mark, Michael Carter get him down to the red zone. And then, hey, Javante, come take all of our touchdowns here. But it's impressive to see. Great vision. He doesn't play around like some of the other back uh, backs that we talk about sometimes where they like to tiptoe in the backfield. He finds the hole, he hits it hard. Shifty, elusive in space. Now, the one thing about this is, is I say he's elusive in space, but at the same time, he's not going to be the fastest guy in this draft class. Now, some may knock that, and it's okay. Like, whatever. I mean, he's not going to go out here and run a 4-3 or 4-4 like all these other guys. But the thing about it is, is I'd rather have a guy that sees the hole, hits the hole, can score touchdowns, can break tackles, as I mentioned earlier, can break tackles. I'd rather have one of these guys that can just run a straight line, okay? Quick, not fast, won't wow. I need to see him again. Some of the knocks with him consistency has not been an issue a little bit of injuries here and there nothing that has really knocked him out of the picture but lingering issues here and there that I think that need to keep an eye on you don't want a guy that just doesn't play full games right you know what I mean he, he comes out ever so often I need to see the improvement on the catching of passes it, it is very vital because honestly as much as I love Mo and as much as his ability to break these tackles, if he cannot fix the issue or not, it's not so say fix the issue, but not become better at uh, pass catching situations. And maybe the, maybe the coaches need to put him in a better position because 15 catches over, I think it was like 27 games. That's not even, you know what I mean? That's not good. You know what I mean? Especially in a league where it's very much, you need to be able to do both in order to be a consistent fantasy player in this league. So, with that being said, if I can see him improve upon that, and if he has another solid season, if he gets over the 10-plus catches this year, that'd be great for him, right? If he can approach the 15-catch mark, lights out, right? You know what I mean? Lights out for this kid. I think that he, he could be a easily day-two running back in this upcoming draft. But I love me some Mo. Floor is yours, Stoops. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So the guy that I've got, um, I said it once, I'm going to say it again. It's the best landing spot for the transfer running backs. Ty Chandler going to North Carolina. Just, I mean, to start off with, um, and I'll kind of get more in depth than his, but just the vacant targets, or I'm sorry, the vacant statistics that are going to be there by Javante Williams and Michael Carter gone speaks for itself. Will he see the 314 rush attempts between the both, the 2,400 plus rushing yards, 28 rushing touchdowns, 60 targets, 49 receptions, 543 yards and five touchdowns? No. He won't see 100% of that. I wish he would. Could you imagine? How many carries did you have your uh, your, your senior year? 314. 
I mean, it's it's happened. It's possible, but that's crazy. Um, that won't happen. But the fact that that amount um, of of potential, you know, is there. Obviously, it's going to get split between him and at least one, two other guys. But the opportunity is there for him. When you look at what he did at Tennessee, he actually had some pretty solid numbers. They just didn't utilize him. It's kind of, not to go to it, but it's kind of like what Texas did with Keontae Ingram. Like, give him the ball, right? You could say the same with Eric Gray, right? You could, Tennessee in general, just, uh, anyway, they lost their, 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 their two guys that could have just done, done wonders for him. But yeah, it's Tennessee, right? What are you going to do? Um, so anyway, Ty Chandler going to North Carolina. I think that's that's just huge. He was a four-star guy coming out. He was the 60 ranked, 67th ranked overall player in his class, the fifth ranked running back. Um, and my guess as to why he went to Tennessee is because he was from Tennessee. He was the fifth ranked player in Tennessee. So you know how it goes. You grow up, you're a fan of a school, you get that offer. You're just like, I've been waiting for that one. That's my assumption. I have no clue. But um, he he finally got out. It only took him four years, but he finally got out. Um when you look in depth, though, I mean, he, he only has 419 um, career rush attempts. So relatively, he's got fresh legs. I Actually, I would say 1,000%. He's got fresh legs. Um, just over 2,000 rushing yards, 4.9 yards per carry. His best season was at a 5.5. We've said it before. Now, in college, you like to see six, seven yards, just especially if you're kind of that top-tier talent. Um, but even that, five yards a carry, rounded up, that's two plays to get as a first down, right? He's moving the ball. It's it's it'd be very concerning if he's at a 2.3, 2.4. That's that's concerning. He's at almost five yards of carry per his career. And that, in my honest opinion, is being underutilized and with really an offensive line that I would say is probably not the best at all. I think North Carolina's offensive line is going to be absolutely phenomenal compared to what he's had. I'd be shocked if we don't see his yards per carry go up to six range 5.5 to six um, um and that's kind of being you know on the low end in my honest opinion when you look at what Javante Williams and Michael Carter did Williams was at 7.4 yards of carry and Carter was at 7.9 right so the way that they use their running backs is nothing compared to what Tennessee did Tennessee was just they, they weren't utilizing their running backs in general in the right way North Carolina knows how to make that happen obviously he's playing with the best quarterback that he's ever played with um, I mean, having Sam Howell there is going to open up that running game for him. Kind of the flip side, how I was talking about, right? Brees Hall opens it up for Brock Purdy. Well, Sam Howell is going to open it up for Ty Chandler amongst the other running backs that are there. But this is going to be kind of his, I don't want to call it a make or break it, make it or break it type season. But at the same time, with how competitive that running back landscape is and can be and will always be, you got to have one of those seasons. So it's kind of, Again, I don't remember the the formulas that I used for it, but again, kind of a projected out season for him. If we see him get out like 190-ish carries, he could potentially get up over 1,200, almost 1,300 rushing yards, and that's at a 6.6 yards per carry with 11 rushing touchdowns. Um, real quick on the receiving side, the most targets he's seen in a year was his second year, back in 2018, 24 targets, 20 receptions. Um, the projected out is 29 targets, 25 receptions, 255, uh, 255 receiving yards with only two touchdowns. But again, it, it, it's 
North Carolina uses their running backs more in the running aspect because, I mean, obviously, running back, run the ball. But um, they get them involved in the passing game. But the receiving touchdowns, they, they go more to their tight ends, receivers, and so on. But I just think the way Ty Chandler is, or can be and will be used in this offense is going to be absolutely phenomenal. When you look at some of his extra kind of rushing stats that I've got jotted down here. So, again, you talked about yards, uh, yards after contact with Mo. Ty Chandler's numbers aren't as large. But, again, he has way less rush attempts, right? When I broke it down a little bit, and I don't have the exact um, percentage uh, I'm jotted down, but I kind of looked real quick. Javante Williams, for example, his yards per contact compared to what his his rushing yards were, that percentage, he was at about a 60-plus somewhere percentage. Um, his yards after contact compared to rushing was, was about 60% of those yards there. Michael Carter was, I think, like at a 52, 53 um, Ty Chandler's with his 266 yards after contact, um, rushing wise in, um, 2020 compared to his rushing stats of 456, he was at the 55% mark. So he's falling into that same area of, of percentage wise. So we could see him get upwards of four five, 600 yards after contact kind of thing. And that just speaks to vo- speaks volumes as to why their yards per carry continues to increase and increase. Right. First downs, he's never really had an issue uh, getting those first downs. He started his freshman year, I mean, it's 13, then he went 22, 29, 24. So, again, when you do the percentages compared to what his total carries are, he's definitely making it happen when they give him the ball. So I, I can't wait to see what he does at North Carolina. Um, it's going to be a fun season. I, I think Sam Howell, uh, Ty Chandler, and then Josh Downs, I think that's going to be a trio that's really going to make waves this year in college football. Um, it's going to be fun to watch. And I'm going to say it now, this might be bold. I, I would not be shocked if North Carolina wins the ACC this year. Clemson is still the team to beat, right? They're still the team to beat. I get that. But I, I just, I just, there's something about what Mac Brown's doing there that, that is really making waves kind of quietly, but not really quietly. Um, I wouldn't be shocked to see that happen. So, cause they're not going to play. I don't have the schedule pulled up in front of me, but I'm about 99.9% sure they are not playing during the regular season. So you don't have to worry about that. So it would be basically the conference championship game of Clemson, North Carolina. And they'll have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. I think um, just kind of, you know, we want to be that top dog now, but um, they're going to get Ty Chandler involved. That's just what they do with their running backs. You know, yes, they're going to have kind of that second guy as well that they're getting involved, but Ty Chandler, to me, he's going to be the guy. I don't think it's going to be as equal as what we saw with Javante Williams and Michael Carter. I think it's going to be Ty Chandler, the starter, bulk of the carries. Then you've got your second guy that's probably getting, you know, I don't know, 30%, you know, of the, of the other carries kind of thing. So uh, it's, it's going to be the Chandler show. And I'm, I'm excited to see what really happens with it. His career, he's got, again, his yard his his total carries are lower, but he's got 52 rush attempts that went for 10 yards or more 24 rush attempts that went for 15 yards or more. I wish I would have broke it down percentage wise. So it can kind of speak a little bit more to what that actually looks like. Um, Cause when you hear the numbers, they're not, you know, that eye popping, but he only had a hundred rush attempts in 2020. He only had a hundred rush attempts. His highest is 135. So again, they're just not getting him involved the way that I think they should. But um, again, he had Eric Gray there. So he had another top top running back to kind of compete with. But it was just both of them were underutilized. And I think North Carolina is going to flip that script really quick. Ty Chandler is going to show what he's able to do. And I think he's going to he's going to be talked about more um, 
Will he do enough to become, you know, a first round, second round guy? I, I don't know. Um, I could see him maybe a late second, definitely third round style guy with a solid season with some solid film out there. So we shall see. Um, I've got him currently, I don't know, 14, I think it is. No, 12. I've got him at 12 currently. I could see him, you know, two, three weeks into the season, jump into my top 10 easily for sure. Yeah, he's one guy that's definitely worth keeping the eye on on the big picture. You're right. You know, there's so many empty carries now, and somebody's going to pick up the load. And obviously, Ty Chandler didn't go there without with the idea of being a second or third string running back. So I like Ty Chandler. I think that the possibilities are through the moon. Like it, it, between him and, and Eric Gray, it's going to be interesting to watch them actually flourish yeah. in an offense that will call plays, you know, that are good enough for those two guys. So that's it for this week's episode of the planner flag for the running back position. As always hop on over to Twitter, give the show a follow at the Debbie delight, give Stoops a follow at Stoops 1990, give myself a follow at Ricky Valera underscore, make sure to head on over to the music city drive-in.com to check out the rest of the shows on the drive-in podcast network. And until next time, we'll talk to you guys later. See y'all later. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.